All right, you ready to get started, Chris? Let's do it. Awesome. So, hey, everyone, um, welcome to how to create a culture of knowledge sharing part two, um, creating, motivating and overcoming objections. Again, I'm your host, Kristen, uh, customer success manager here at Obi. And in case you missed last week, Obi is the secret weapon that helps every knowledge worker in your organization find the right answers quickly and easily, all within their normal working environments. So with Obi, you can empower more people across your teams to get the right answers fast. And I'm joined today here by our founder and CEO, Chris Buttonham. Hey, Chris. Hey, Kristen. Good to be here. It's uh, super exciting. I love this topic, this nerdy topic, and I see some familiar faces, so I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. And so as we mentioned last week, this is um, a three-part series, and it was uh, really a difficult one for us to split up. Um, but as Chris mentioned, it's a topic that we love here at Obi, and something that we felt was robust enough that it needed to be split into three different parts. So last week, we defined the cost of neglecting a culture of knowledge sharing and really dug into the nitty gritty of exactly what knowledge sharing is at its core and why it's important. So it was about building the framework to set you up to take action. And if you missed it, no worries. Um, if you registered with the Calendly link, a recording of both part one and two will be sent out after today's session um, or just send a message in the chat and we'll be sure to get you the recording sent over. And so today we're going to be getting into the tactical aspects of creating and motivating a culture of knowledge sharing. And you don't want to miss next week where we'll talk about the role of technology. Yeah, uh, so as Kristen said, this is a difficult um, uh, sort of topic to just put into one webinar. So we decided to break it into three parts. Uh, we hope that uh, you enjoy the format, but we're always open to feedback. So feel free to reach out to uh, Kristen or myself, just at Kristen at ob.ai or Chris at ob.ai if, uh, if you love or, or hate the format. We're, <laughs> we're eager to, uh, to hear your feedback. And I think what's most important about sort of part one and part two is really setting the foundation um, for solving this problem that most people uh, neglect. So we hope you learned something. Absolutely. And so just to set a quick agenda for today, we're going to look at exactly what it means to create a culture of knowledge sharing, um, how to identify and overcome objections, and how you can begin to practice within your sphere of influence to promote a knowledge sharing culture. And of course, we'll save some time at the end for some questions. So let's get started. What does it mean to create a knowledge sharing culture? Well, it's about making knowledge sharing the norm. Um, so you want to think about last week, we talked a bit about the paradigm. Um, and so this is kind of relating to the paradigm. And the important point to note about a paradigm is that it's subconscious. Yeah, so this is the part where when you think about company culture, right, you're really looking around at the individuals that are within your team or within your organization. You're looking at, you know, what are the values that make up those folks? And so, um, like what we're trying to foster is think about creating a culture of knowledge sharing from day one, whether that's the formation of your team, the formation of your organization, um, because as we'll talk about, um, shifting these habits and shifting these cultures is difficult. Um, and so it's really important to understand the, the foundation. Absolutely. And so to create a knowledge sharing culture, you need to encourage people to work together more effectively. Um, you want to encourage people to collaborate and to share and ultimately to make organizational knowledge more productive. And we're going to get into how you can do this. Um, but first, we need to remember a few things. So 
you need to consider that we're talking about sharing knowledge and information. Um, remember the know-how and the know-why. So it's not just about the information. Um, it's important to understand the purpose of knowledge sharing is to help an organization as a whole meet its business objectives. So we're not just doing this for its own sake. And learning to make knowledge productive is as important, if not more important than sharing knowledge. And finally, as Chris just mentioned, changing a culture is tough. So not only does it mean change, which has always been tough, um, but it also means seeing the world in a different way. Um, so it means revealing our hidden paradigms, like the tacit acceptance that knowledge is power. And this goes, so if you missed the part one, um, you'll get the recording in the, in the recap via Calendly, but I made uh, what I think is a pretty cool uh, analogy to <laughs> making a cake uh, for that first and I think most important point that Kristen mentioned about is not just sharing information, right? You have to share the context around that information, uh, which relates to how you can actually make it productive. You know, a list of instructions isn't, is only as good as, as if you know how to uh, deploy those instructions. So uh, that's just the point I just wanted to double click on there. <laughs> Everyone loved the cake metaphor, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I bet. And so a great way to motivate knowledge sharing is to help people see for themselves that knowledge sharing is in their personal interest. So the old paradigm was knowledge is power. And today it needs to be explicitly understood that sharing knowledge is power. And I would actually argue that um, it could be interchanged with access to knowledge is power because especially as we see organizations evolving um, through um, the future of work and things like that, um, it's uh, equally about just making access to the knowledge that lives, whether it's within our heads, within the knowledge systems that we have uh, at work. So um, access is as important as, as sharing and getting into those places in the first place. Absolutely. That's, that's a great point. And you want to help people see for themselves um, that sharing their knowledge helps them do their jobs more effectively, helps them retain their jobs, helps them in their personal development and career progression, um, rewards them for getting things done and brings more personal recognition. And this will help knowledge sharing become a reality. Yeah, and this uh, isn't something to be glossed over, right? This is, is mm. actually the truth. <laughs> um, and, and, and most folks, um, you know, need to be, need to understand this a little bit better. And it's about creating those good incentives. We talked a lot about that in part one, tying that into the objectives of the business and the individual objectives of those, of those, uh, those folks within your organization. And that's how you really start creating the actions behind uh, creating a knowledge sharing culture. And I believe it was Dan's question last week about um, you know, what is the most uh, important way to incentivize a culture of knowledge sharing? I would argue that this is actually it. This is, this is the most important thing. And, you know, adding the gamification elements and swag giveaways and things like that, all of that is great. And that can be leveraged um, to make this, this whole thing a lot more um, effective. But at the core, it's, it's driving it home to what people actually value um, and real business outcomes. Right. 
Absolutely. And so how do you do that? You want to um, help people understand the reasons to share knowledge, um, to help motivate them. And there are quite a few different reasons that should motivate people. And a few include that knowledge is perishable. So Knowledge is increasingly short-lived. If you don't make use of your knowledge, then it rapidly loses its value. Um, even with the low level of knowledge sharing that goes on today, if you don't make your knowledge productive, then someone else with that same knowledge most likely will. Um, you can almost guarantee that whatever bright idea you have, someone else somewhere in the organization will be thinking along the same lines. And so by sharing your knowledge, you gain more than you lose. So think about sharing knowledge as a synergistic process. The more you uh, you get more out than you put in. So for example, if we share a product idea or a way of doing things with another person, just the act of putting the idea into words or writing can help us shape and improve that idea. And if we get into dialogue with the other person, then we'll benefit from their knowledge as well. So from their unique insights, and that can help us improve our own ideas further. Yeah, this point is, uh, I think this one is super important. Um, at its face, it's not that obvious, but once you hear it and you think about it, um, it's, it's obvious that this is how incredible teams and organizations innovate and move fast, right? Um, to get most things done in an organization today requires a collaborative effort. And so if you try and work alone, you're likely to fail, um, or you're more likely to fail, I should say. You need not only the input from other people, but their support and buy-in. And so being open with them, sharing with them helps you achieve your objectives and you know the objectives of the organization. Because as Kristen said, you're putting those ideas out in the open, they're being tested, they're being worked on, um, and creating that open line of communication and sharing will just push everything forward, your product, your services, your, your culture. Mm -hmm. And to reiterate on that and to, to double tap on this point, um, because it is super important, is that if people understand that sharing their knowledge helps them do their jobs more effectively and brings more personal recognition, then knowledge sharing will become a reality and will become that norm. But of course, there will always be objections. Um, so some people may object to sharing as they feel that others will steal their ideas and reap the rewards that are rightfully theirs. Um, but of course, this is a fallacy. Yeah, this one's funny, right? I think, uh, Kristen, you would agree. We hear this all the time from customers and prospects and, and folks uh, within our, our sphere, sphere of knowledge. And um, it's just not true, right? Um, at least by and large, when you share it, it really, uh, it's a, a, a rising tide lifts all boats uh, type, type of uh, analogy, I like to say here. <laughs> just full of metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So um, yeah, knowledge sharing uh, to kind of help overcome some of these objections. Knowledge sharing isn't about blindly sharing everything, um, giving away your ideas or being open about absolutely everything. Of course, you still need to exercise judgment. So if you have a great idea, don't share it with a competitor, external or internal. Um, but on the other hand, don't try to develop it on your own and don't sit on it for fear of it being stolen from you. Um, you wanna figure out how you can bring it to fruition by collaborating with other people. Um, you're gonna hear that word a lot, collaboration. Um, there's also another fallacy embedded in this thinking and that knowledge and that's knowledge sharing is not just about sharing great ideas. Um, it's about improving the way that things get done by sharing the little things. So you have lots of knowledge that's of little use to you. You want to share it with others who can make use of it. And in return, they're going to share relevant knowledge with you as well. 
Yeah, so this, I think, reiterates some of the points we were making in the last slide about just building out in the open, communicating your thoughts, communicating and collaborating through um, different projects more often than you would maybe um, in, intuitively think to, because that's going to help work those things out. Um, but I think at its core, too, one of the huge uh, uh, points we've been making in part one and today is is creating good incentives creating good habits and that starts with trust so trust in those folks that are sharing the knowledge with you and, and trust that you can share your knowledge with them because it's going to sort of mutually benefit uh both of you and so by doing so by sharing you're creating you know uh you're leading by by example and we'll talk more about that I was going to say, that's, that's a great segue. So how do you make that happen? And as, as Chris alluded to, our view is that knowledge sharing starts at the individual. So whether you're a CEO, a mid-level manager, a receptionist, or even a graduate trainee, um, each one of us has his or her job um, set of objectives and sphere of influence. Yeah. So if you believe that knowledge sharing is the way to help you, your department, team, or organization meet, meet its objectives, then start to practice it within your sphere of influence and encourage others to do the same. So like I said, lead by example. And, and this is really important. Um, it's probably where we see organizations and sort of foreshadowing here to the technology component. But even if you just think about adopting knowledge sharing culture and creating this and embedding this into your culture, regardless of technology and tools, um, people fail when they sort of bottleneck this and they're not leading by example. Um, and often it's because, you know, this is something that maybe a team or department identifies as something that they could work on and it doesn't get adopted top down. And so while it does, uh, it, it is important that it is deployed via individuals um, you have to recognize that you have this sphere of influence um, as you know, CEO, a team leader, or a manager, um, and, and creating those uh, incentives and leading by example and tying that into, let's say, your objectives and key results, if you use a framework like that, is how you're going to create good habits and encourage your colleagues to do the same. Exactly. And so how you can do this, how you can begin to practice within your sphere of influence um, is to remember that sharing is not just about giving. Um, it's about soliciting feedback, um, asking questions, telling people what you plan to do before doing it, uh, telling people why you're doing it. This one's really important. People are driven by that why. Um, it's about asking other people for help, um, about asking someone to work with you in some way, however small asking people what they think, asking them for advice. People love to be asked their opinion. People love to give their opinion. So, so ask, um, again, ask people what would they do differently? And again, not just sharing information, but that know-how and that know-why. Yeah, so you want to foster culture. You don't want to just create a process here, right? And I think Kristen nailed it. Um, just to add, I this this slide, you don't want to gloss over. This is really taking what we've been talking about uh, and putting it into practice. So if we just walk through this process, right? If you're looking at fostering a, a culture of knowledge sharing within your organization, or you're looking at adopting some tools or technology that um, can help with this knowledge sharing component and communication and collaboration effort within your teams, uh, this is the way to do it. So you got to remember that people 
love to be heard. They love to be involved. So make it open. And in fact, it needs to be open, right? As I mentioned before, you have to democratize this. There has to be multiple people involved. And what I would recommend, what we would recommend is to tell people, be completely transparent about this entire process. So you're basically um, being open about being open, being more communicative and more collaborative about being more communicative and more collaborative um, and and get feedback throughout the whole way so people can ask questions you can iterate and um, and have some humility in it right um, even though you might be spearheading uh, this change within your teams or organization you have things to learn just like we all do Absolutely. And fundamentally, to summarize, um, sharing is about being more open in your way of work and in your relationships with other people. <clears throat> awesome. So I hope you guys got some value from that. Um, next week, same time, you don't want to miss part three. Um, we're going to cover the good and bad side of technology in a knowledge sharing culture and show you the tech in action. Yeah, we hope this wasn't anticlimactic. We'd love to open it up to some Q&A. We, we wanted to leave some more time because last, um, last time it was amazing, the questions that we got. Um, so if, if anyone has a question, just throw it in the chat and we can reiterate it here and, and, try, and try our best to answer a question. Um, but if not, as Kristen mentioned, you'll get the recording for part one, part two in the follow-up here. Um, and hopefully you guys sign up for part three when we talk and show you uh, how to use technology. So not just like a demo of our product, but how you could use any tool and any technology that you might already have, or you might be thinking about um, to uh, actually integrate into your newly found culture around knowledge sharing. So any questions, just toss them in the chat. We're happy to uh, answer them. Mm -hmm. It looks like Nisha has a question. Could you give us a real time example of initiating a knowledge sharing culture in your company, in a startup company? Example, initiate a webinar, a poll, et cetera. Um, so, It's a it's a really tough tough question because it's sort of overarching the whole the whole topic here, right? Um, initiating this is just I think opening up the dialogue, so it can be as small as um, so. Let's get tactical, right? Uh, if you're using a tool like Slack or you're using any other sort of chat or communication tool within your organization, one change you could uh, make is try and encourage folks to take conversations out of direct messages and private messages and throw those into a channel. Yeah. What that does is it creates that sunlight on those ideas and you start to immediately um, collaborate, um, ask questions, um, so on and so forth. Uh, another uh, maybe tactic that I would suggest that I've sort of, I've mentioned throughout these two webinars is, um, start integrating this initiative into a framework you might already have, like objectives and key results. It might, you might not use OKRs at your startup or your organization, but I'm sure there's something you use to frame um, 
you know, just company objectives, team objectives. And so baking, you know, um, uh, documenting processes into, into a framework like that um, uh, or any other initiative that you want to start um, into the thing, the sort of path well-traveled that you are already using is a great way to start uh, initiating this knowledge sharing culture. Mm -hmm. And I think just to kind of add to that, um, something that we've mentioned before, I think it's really important, like the act of democratizing knowledge and um, that sort of stuff is really important for a culture. You want to be able to have everybody openly collaborate to not only sharing that knowledge, but um, giving their input onto knowledge. So having people be able to document the knowledge that they know. Um, so instead of the, the, just this being bottlenecked by um, like team leads or management, you want to open it up to everybody within the organization to really instill that culture. It's not telling people to do something. It's people are, are collaborating and, and contributing together. Yeah. Yeah. Really good point. Yeah. So Natalie had one that says, I love the point you make about emphasizing the importance of explaining the value to stakeholders. My support team and product team get the value, but I find it difficult to convince the rest of the CX team, for example, um, the PSC and CSM team, they say they really understand the value, but don't contribute. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's difficult. I mean, that, I think that's amongst the most common problems, right? This is, this is a difficult problem that plagues every organization and every team, just period. It just does. And so getting everyone on board is going to be a task. It's also really difficult, I think, when you're not starting from scratch. If you have the opportunity to, excuse me, um, start fostering these good habits from day one, but coming in and saying, hey, here, we're going to, you know, going to shift behavior, we're going to shift a paradigm um, just out of the blue, people really need to have skin in the game. They have to know why, right? So I think that that goes back to some of the points we were making today is um, uh, it, it's not surprising that certain teams gravitate this to this more than others, particularly client-facing teams who uh, would you know, stand to benefit maybe most from sharing knowledge, arguably, right? Because of the frequency in which they need access to other people's knowledge. Um, so they might be, you know, just more easily influenced and incentivized to understand that. But I think it's just having open communication. If you can get maybe the C-suite or um, upper management to lead by example, that could encourage other teams um, to understand how important this problem is. But uh, we empathize with this, with this challenge. Did you have anything to add there, Kristen? Yeah, I was going to say we, we empathize with this challenge um, very deeply. Um, I think it's really important to note that um, to kind of foster this, this culture and this change in culture, it's not a quick process, right? You can start implementing right. these tips and tricks today by practicing within your sphere of influence and kind of leading by example. But that's not to say that the rest of the team is really going to be like, yeah, that makes sense. I'm going to start doing this today. But as you continue to like practice within your own sphere, people will start to pick up on these habits subconsciously, right? People pick up on habits of the people that they spend most of their time with. And so whether that's you on Slack, like sharing knowledge, using tools to share knowledge when people ask questions, um, there's different ways that you can kind of weave this, this culture yourself. And you'll be surprised that people will eventually start picking up on it organically. Um, but again, as, as we've mentioned, and as Chris has said, 
that kind of helping people understand why um, is really going to help contribute to building that culture. Telling people to do something, that's just um, that's just setting processes. And we don't want to set processes. We want to set a culture in place. And so that really starts with the, the basics and the fundamentals of the why. And that why could be different from team to team to organization to organization, right? And if you're maybe spearheading this initiative outside of that team, outside of really really truly understanding that team's why or that team's incentive structure um uh then maybe i would encourage you to meet with them you know have a chat with that team and get to know their why and their what they, what's important to them a little bit more Awesome. So it doesn't appear that we have any more questions left, um, but that's okay. If you anybody thinks of any questions, you can definitely shoot either Chris or myself an email um, and we're happy to answer. As mentioned, you, you guys will be uh, receiving a follow-up email with recordings of both part one and part two um, shortly after today's session is over. Um, and we there will also be a sign-up link for part three. Again, we're going to be talking about the good and bad side of technology in a knowledge sharing culture and kind of show you how you can use tech um, within this initiative. Yeah. And just, uh, again, just to ease everyone's mind, it's not... Uh, it, this whole webinar series isn't in, intentionally trying to be a, a big promo. We'd love to show you how you can leverage existing tech that you might already have or free tech and, and things like that to actually help you um, reach your goals and, and fostering uh, a better culture around knowledge sharing within your organization. So excited for part three. Thank you everyone for, uh, for joining us. We had a blast and uh, looking forward to your feedback.